Well, hello, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen, and I'm coming to you today from Barstow, Pennsylvania, as I'm hanging out here at the Padre Pio National uh, Historical Site that commemorates and honors the great prophet of God from Italy. Praise the Lord. Now, he passed away in 1968, and he's actually buried in San Giovanni Rotondo, Italy. But here in America, uh, this area in Pennsylvania, this one town, this beautiful facility has been built to honor him. And there are many pictures of, about him, his, his life, his uh, bookstore, and so forth. It's very similar in some ways to going to Charlotte, North Carolina, and seeing the beautiful Billy Graham Evangelistic Center, the library that commemorates the life of Billy Graham. And of course, both of these men are gifts from the Lord that we read about in Ephesians chapter 4, where you have the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Now, of course, Billy Graham would have been an evangelist. Uh, uh, that's what we identify his ministry office as being. But we also see with Padre Pio that clearly he operated in the ministry office of the prophet. And he was a Roman Catholic priest, a Franciscan friar, and a great man of God. He also bore the stigmata. So he had the wounds of Christ upon his body. He had the two uh, nail marks within his hands, and he also had the marks within his feet, his side. And also what a lot of people didn't know about was the shoulder wound that he had. And uh, that was because when the Lord carried the cross, that cross just rubbing into his shoulder, well, Padre Pio, uh, he experienced the same supernatural sensation or phenomena. And uh, he was asked once, which is the most painful? And he said it was the shoulder, the shoulder wound. But he bore those wounds for exactly 50 years. And soon as he died, immediately the wounds supernaturally closed up. Now, we would know this as the modern day term, the stigmata. But we have had various saints throughout church history who have manifested the stigmata. And this is something that God would select in a special sense for a man or a woman. Uh, one of the earlier records that we have of somebody that had it was St. Francis of Assisi. But there have been different Christians throughout church history who had it, and not just Catholics, <laughs> some even in the Eastern Orthodox uh, Christian uh, stream of faith have also manifested this, and there have even been a couple, if you believe it or not, evangelicals. Now, this type of manifestation of the Spirit is not as well known in, in what we would call the Protestant or evangelical type circles, but it's not as uncommon as some people would uh, make you think. It is supernatural, and it is something that is very, very rare that the Lord would give to somebody, and you can only imagine how difficult in some ways it would be to bear the stigmata because with Padre Pio, it was, uh, there was a lot of blood that was coming out, particularly on biblical feast days and on also what we would call, the Western church would call Easter, but a biblical date being Passover as well as Christmas. So these are supernatural signs and wonders that draw people to Christ, to put their faith in Christ. Just like in the Pentecostal stream, we are known as standard bearers for the supernatural, 
for signs and wonders. Hallelujah. And we, tr we take great joy in that, even though for Charismatics and Pentecostals, there is a lot of persecution that comes for that. But I've been uh, throughout the body of Christ and even in evangelical churches, it's not uncommon by any means now to meet Baptists who believe in the modern day gift of prophecy. It's not even uncommon to meet quite a few Baptists, even Lutherans and others within mainline denominations that are not charismatic that also believe in divine healing. So the tide is rising, the tide of revelation, the tide of faith, the tide of glory, the tide of the good things that God has done in the earth through great men of God of the past, but also those that he has designated and positioned in the church at this time and also in the age to come. I believe in an end time harvest, I really do. I believe there are ample scriptures to validate and support that before the end comes and everything is wrapped up, we will have a massive harvest and I'm confident it will be well over one billion souls. And when you look at church history, you can see that we have been through what could be uh, termed running along the same track of biblical feast type experiences. The church has had Pentecost. We had that come back in a sense into the church. Yes, they had it in the first century, second century, but then the flame began to go out. And a lot of what we would call the Pentecostal experience, uh, although it was always in the church, uh, it began to get um, hidden away. It began almost in a sense to be lost but that was greatly restored in the late 1800s, early 1900s, Azusa Street, and on and on that goes with church history in that area to where that's pretty much been brought back to the fullness of what God has for it as far as being rooted in the church. But my friends, while we look at the various feasts of Israel, the church has never had a feast of tabernacles. And tabernacles in the Jewish calendar is the last feast it's the great feast, and it is the ingathering of all the crops, not just all of the crops, but really they're bringing in the best harvest there in the late fall in the Feast of Tabernacles. So we have not yet had that. We have not yet had uh, a harvest that just begins to not only touch a nation, but begins to touch nations in a remarkable way where the glory is poured out. So just keep your fire lit and keep close to the Lord because those things are coming and when it happens, I really believe we'll have at least 20 years of full-blown, all-out glory movement. Does that mean everybody's going to get saved? No, of course not. But I do believe there will be a generation that will rise up and will see the gospel preached to all of the world, to all of the nations. Now, many will accept Christ, and there will be those that don't. But one thing will be sure is that it will be done. We're going to get the job done. Praise God. Amen. So I'm just hanging out with you today on this beautiful sunny day here in Pennsylvania. And I'm on the road traveling. Kelly, she's close by. We've had a wonderful time at the Padre Pio Center earlier today. And of all things, would you believe that today they actually, it was a special martyrs event and also saint relic event. Praise God. Okay, so I'm not a fanatic. I know that uh, relics, in a sense, are just that. They're relics. But you have to also understand <laughs> that a lot of these relics, and they had, they had relics today from uh, uh, pieces of clothing from some of the heavyweight saints, some of God's greatest servants that have ever walked the earth, and they were out on display today, and they're only here for a few days. But when you understand that the anointing can go into cloth, can go into bones, 
then you can begin to see why there can be a, a place for relics. And I'm not talking about trinkets or doodads or superstition. I'm talking about the anointing that was upon a man or woman of God and, and they're wearing clothing and that anointing goes into that clothing. And we know that when the prophet Elisha was buried quickly in a cave, that later when, uh, excuse me, he wasn't buried quickly, but he was buried. But later when another man was buried and they put him in the same cave, and they had to let him down quick because there was a marauding uh, group of raiders uh, or bandits basically showing up. So they had to quickly bury that man. But when that man, that dead man touched the bones, just the old bones of the prophet Elisha, life, the quickening power of God, the resurrection life, hit that man and raised him from the dead. So there is absolutely uh, an anointing that can go into cloth. So there, it was beautiful to see all of the different piece, pieces of cloth or clothing that some of these great saints wore from the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, even <laughs> 12th century. <laughs> I'm like, how did they get his robe? <laughs> but they did. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun to see that. I'm a church historian, as you know, so I love church history because in order to better understand where we're going, it sure helps to have some good insight on where we have been. Praise the Lord. Now, today, I want to talk with you from Psalm 84. I want to speak today in the context of moving forward and never staying stagnant. You never want to get mediocre. You never want to get lazy with your faith. I know that we would know that, and I know that's something that we would try to uh, steer clear from. But nevertheless, it's something that we have to keep an eye on because God is expecting movement out of us, and this movement is in a positive direction. It's certainly not something that would be negative, and neither is it something that would hold, uh, just hold its place, because then you're becoming stagnant. So let's jump over today to Psalm 84. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, sunshine day, really not even a cloud in the sky. So Father, we give you praise, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would rain down revelation upon the Word on this cloudless day. Let rain come down, illumination, insight by your Holy Spirit into our walk with you, and let us be moving forward in every facet of our faith walk. Now, thank you for your grace. I thank you, Father, for those that have been stuck. They're going to get unstuck today, and they're going to get quickly onto the next level. Praise God. So, Father, we thank you today. We're climbing Mount Zion. We're ascending. We're not camping at the base, <laughs> nor halfway up. And we thank you for the revelations and the good things you've shared and the great things you've done already in our lives. But we know there's more, a lot more. So, Father, we're pushing into you, pressing into you. Let hunger be released today, spiritual hunger. In Jesus' name, we agree and say, Amen. Psalm 84, verse 5, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you whose heart is set on pilgrimage. So we are, in a sense, pilgrims. And we are on a spiritual journey. And on this journey, there will eventually be a destination that we reach. We're going to make it all the way to heaven, praise God. But we're, we're supposed to learn and grow and move into the conformity of God's dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are pilgrims. Now, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. The Valley of Baca 
uh, in the Hebrew is the valley of weeping. It would be the valley of difficult times. And anytime you walk with the Lord, there are going to be tests and trials. But the good news is, is that with the Lord Jesus on the inside of us and the Holy Spirit strengthening us and the wisdom of God's Word being made available to us, we can keep on going. And there could be a, a, some, even some shedding of tears at times, but we are passing through the Valley of Baca. They're great learning experiences, but we're not going to camp out in the valley. We're going to keep on moving as they pass through. So I just speak to anybody today that's stuck in the Valley of Weeping. You've been crying long enough, praise God. Now the Lord understands the heartache and the difficulties that you've had. He understands your tears. All of your tears have been gathered and they have been placed in a bottle. And the Lord keeps them as a sacred, special memory of those times that you and He have walked through together. But my friends, God's got some mountaintop experiences for you. So it's time, glory to God, to get on moving, get those feet going, get out of the valley and dry off those tears because God is going to make you smile. Praise the Lord. He is going to give you, uh, woo, glory to God, the desires of your heart. Isn't this a beautiful facility that they have built here? Now, the lady that built this Padre Pio uh, special, uh, special facility to honor this great man of God, she has uh, lived her life out. She passed away. She went on to heaven. But this uh, woman who was instrumental in raising up this facility, which has been authorized and blessed by the Catholic Church, uh, even by the Pope himself. Well, the woman that raised up uh, this facility and pulled people together who wanted to contribute and build something beautiful to honor Padre Pio, this woman was sitting at her house years before her, and she had a little baby girl, and the girl was sick, terminally sick. The doctors have said, they told her, we have done all we can for her, and she's not going to make it. She's going to die, and uh, we, we can't do anything else. So the writing was on the wall, and so she went back to her home, and somebody had told uh, this woman about Padre Pio that if she would pray to God and mention Padre Pio that something special would happen. And so she's in the room by herself. She's talking to God in prayer saying, God, let a miracle happen. I, I don't really know much about this guy, Padre Pio, <laughs> but let a miracle happen. <laughs> I take it he's a holy man. Let something happen. Well, something happened while she was sitting there uh, here in America in her, in her room suddenly a supernatural fragrance exploded all around her. And the fragrance was that of roses. And a voice spoke to her. It was the voice of Padre Pio and said, quickly, get your child and come immediately to San Giovanni Rotondo. Well, she did. And if you come to this site, you can actually see the ticket, the international ticket that she booked where she caught a flight from New York to Rome. And then she went on from Rome to San Giovanni Rotondo. And she took her little girl that was in the throes of death and she took her over there and Padre Pio ministered to her and a miracle happened. And that little girl grew up into a lady, full grown woman. Her name is Vera and Vera is the one that runs this facility today. And I met Vera, got a wonderful picture with her. I'm going to have that popped up 
right now for you to see. She's a very sweet woman. But as you look at Vera's picture, remember this little girl uh, who is now this woman Vera never would have been on the earth uh, past that age of infancy because of the terminal illness had not her mother had faith in God and obeyed the supernatural direction of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit allowed Padre Pio to speak a word all the way from Italy to America to her to come over. Praise God. Now, some of these spiritual matters may be new to some of you, and you're thinking, well, you know, why does she have to go over there to get healed? Well, how come, you know, she couldn't have gotten healed right there in her house? Well, you know, all, all of those things are uh, decisions that God makes. All we do is we follow instructions from headquarters <laughs> But any time. Anytime you get a supernatural word of wisdom from the Lord, trust me, it is 100% solid. If you'll just do it and walk it out, it's bulletproof. It'll work every single time. And Vera's mother is a testimony of that. And it was nice to meet her as well. Praise God. Now, um, I have just finished my book on these supernatural fragrances. And I actually have dedicated the book to Padre Pio. And so I'm here today uh, doing some special, maybe we could call it behind the scenes things uh, in relation to uh, ministry activities, praise the Lord. But my friends, I tell you, it's good to keep moving forward in whatever facet of career field you are in, such as myself or in ministry. You know what, you need exposure. Some of you need to get out a little bit more. You haven't quite had enough exposure. You're thinking the whole world is shut down but the moment you get out, you see movement. <laughs> and that's really what some of you need. You need movement. <laughs> you haven't, you haven't, um, uh, well, I was talking to a person the other day that I've actually met several people in my county in North Carolina. And it's, this may sound totally crazy, but it's true because I've met them. I've, I've talked to them. They have never been out of the county their entire life. And I, one lady was in her 40s. One lady, my wife and I met recently that was maybe like 28 years old. And I'm not talking about maybe haven't left the state or haven't, you know, maybe haven't driven past Charlotte or something like that. I'm talking about full-grown adults that have never driven 15 miles past the county line. You need exposure. Exposure is one of the price tags. It's actually one of the major price tags to accomplish exploits, exploits in life. When Bishop David Oyedipo wanted to establish his first university, which was called Covenant University, which is now the most prestigious university on the African continent. He first went around to other major universities in the world to see what they're doing and to get understanding of how they have become so successful. You know, if you go to Oxford, and I've, I've visited Oxford, I mean, they've been around for over 800 years. Somebody might say, well, I, I, I'm not really an Oxford person. Well, that, that's totally fine, but you would still have to admit they must be doing something right. <laughs> I mean, to stay in business for 800 years, you must be doing something right. And you can go a little bit further uh, to uh, Cambridge. And I have a good uh, friend. He's, he's a professor. He's a real scholar. He's a, a theologian, and he, he has a Ph.D. from Cambridge. So he's a sharp cookie. But, I mean, they've been around for over a 1,000 years. So, uh, Mr. Oyedipo, he visited some of the world's leading universities. He went by Oral Roberts University. And uh, 
You know what? When you go to ORU or Roberts University and you see those gigantic praying hands there at the entrance of the college and you see all of these big buildings and the beautiful things that God has done, it will bring inspiration for what you want to do and for what your calling is. Praise God. Amen. So I think it's wonderful that Bishop Oyedipo has now started not just one university. I think right now he's got four universities and some have different uh, how can I say, areas of expertise, like uh, I think Covenant University is for anybody that wants to study a wide range of fields, lots of different degrees offered there, but you have Landmark University, which is primarily for those interested in agriculture, how they can feed the African nation and get things up to a level like some other countries have advanced to, and not only that, even outdo them because they have the Holy Spirit there. <laughs> they are doing some amazing things over there. I would say this, that if I were an investor, if I were a financial investor that wanted to look multinationally, I would seriously look at Africa. And that there is just phenomenal resources in some of these African nations, and that they are hotbeds of ingenuity, that, of course, and Israel. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, my friends, let's continue on. It says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring, and you're going to do the same thing. You're going to bring refreshing out of your tearful valley experiences. You're going to be able to help and minister to others. They make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. Ooh, refreshing. Swimming in the glory. Amen. Then it says, they go from strength to strength. Each one of them appears before God in Zion. Now, this thing of going from strength to strength, I would suggest to you is not just uh, a suggestion that God would give us, you know, like this is how he wants to live. But I would say this is essential to really the very core Christian directive of the just shall live by faith. In other words, when it says that we go from strength to strength, here's an example. When a large corporation, let's say a, uh, a Fortune Top 50 corporation, when they have their annual meeting with their directors, they sit down and they look at the profits that the company has made the previous year. And what they have to determine and what they have to strategize is within the coming year, how are they going to make more money and earn more of a dividend for their shareholders than what they have just accomplished in the previous year. And you could think, well, they made, a, they made a lot of money, Pastor Stephen, isn't that good enough? But see, they don't think like that. They think there's always room for growth, and there is. And that is a reality, that when we walk with the Lord, there's always room to improve. And any good CEO and any good corporate staff knows there's a lot more money that can be made. There are better ways to serve the customer. There are better ways to distribute the product. There are better ways to become more efficient and to save money and to make money and on and on it goes. So you can't rest on past laurels, past victories, although we celebrate them and you can enjoy the fruit of what that has produced. You must keep going from strength to strength. Imagine for a moment, for those of you that are uh, adults and you've finished your high school, college, or whatever it is, and you're out in the working world, imagine how, <clears throat> excuse me, how difficult it would be if suddenly you were placed back in the third grade and you had to go through third grade all over again. 
I think it would be torture. Why? Because you're way beyond that. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're, you're way beyond what's being taught because you already have understanding of that. Uh, you could do it with your eyes closed. You could do it with your hands behind your back. You could do it standing on your head. And plus, even those that you would be in fellowship with, the other little children, it's going to be hard to have conversation and fellowship because you've already been there, done that, and you're on to other things. So you're going from strength to strength. And most importantly, spiritually, you're going from strength to strength. You should not be weaker right now than you were uh, last year or 10 years ago. You should be getting stronger in the anointing, should be getting thicker in the anointing with that strength of the anointing being infused into your, into your life and that your walk with God is going from strength to strength. Oh, but you have to watch it. Woo, you have to watch it. It is very, very easy for mediocrity to sneak up on any Christian, even if you're running at the front of the pack, because you're, you can think, I'm running, I'm running good, I'm doing good. But I would just say that there are people in second and third place that they're looking at your back and they're thinking, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer. <laughs> so uh, the, your walk with the Lord is not competitive. So I'm not trying to suggest that. But I am trying to say, you need to stay hungry because there are new dimensions of the glory that God wants you to come into, that He has actually, ha He's got it planned and destined for you to step into. So you cannot camp out at where you're at right now. You can get stronger. God wants you to get stronger. You are going to go from strength to strength. You know, my wife and I were talking uh, a couple of years back with uh, a singer. He was the lead singer for a uh, very, very good anointed Christian traveling music band. <clears throat> and they had been just ministering all over the state of North Carolina. I think it was five guys, but they kept getting these invitations for other states. And uh, even out, they were getting invitations in, in, in California and faraway places. And they finally got together and said, guys, you know what? We are going to have to take a step of faith. Okay, now this is how you go from strength to strength. They said, we are going to have to go from uh, faith to faith, and we've done all we can do at the level we're at right now, we're going to have to buy a bus. And they stepped out in faith, and they made a, a loan arrangement to buy, you know, like, like a Prevo bus that is made for commercial driving, long-haul trips. And they went out and bought that bus, and the lead singer told Kelly and I, he said, the moment we bought that bus and we started traveling in that bus, God supernaturally raised our incomes, supernaturally raised the giving into our ministry to totally offset the expenditure of the bus. So somebody might say, well, that's, they, they just got lucky, you know, some extra money came in. No, the extra money came in because they stepped out in faith and they purchased a bus. And if they had not had purchased that bus, that extra money would not have showed up. It doesn't work like that. You go from strength to strength when you keep moving in faith. And I want to encourage those of you today, you must go forward. You must go forward. You might think, well, Pastor Stephen, there's difficult scenarios and difficult situations, but that's okay. They are out there. There are difficulties, but we do know from the history, uh, the, the history of Habakkuk, when he made that amazing statement. Let me just flip over here for a moment. It's a little bit windy out here, but I'll do the best I can with, with one hand, praise God. I'm going over to the book of Habakkuk chapter two. And we see here in verse two, then the Lord answered me and said, 
write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an important time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold the ground, excuse me, behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So basically, Habakkuk, all through chapter 1, was presenting to the Lord all of the difficulties, all of the corruption within the government, all of the fraud, all of the lying, all of the you know cheating and stuff like that. And he was basically saying, Lord, the circumstances are very hard. The soil is very dry and parched. And in a sense, how can, how can we go forward in a scenario like this? So the Lord talks about the necessity of having a clear vision, a clear direction of where you're going. But he also says the just shall live by his faith. And what does that mean? It means get moving. Because <laughs> uh, faith will move you forward regardless of what is going on around you. Even though the stream is flowing downstream, that doesn't mean you cannot go upstream. All you need to do to go upstream is have power. Okay, That could be a paddle or it could be an outboard motor. I'll take the outboard motor, let the engine do all the work, right? But I'm telling you, my friends, that God can take you upstream even if other things are going downstream. How do you do it? You keep moving and you move in faith. You must go in faith. Don't go out and just, well, I'm gonna go do something. Pastor Steve said, go do something. No, you do things specifically. You, you, you examine what you're going to do uh, you count the cost and you step into it. But when you step into it and you need to step into something, you're going to have to keep moving. And, and any business knows that if you don't stay moving, uh, the competition, they'll catch up. Or if you're level with the other competition, you don't stay moving, you're going to eventually go out of business. My friends, you've got to keep moving, but you move by faith. And if you move by faith, you're moving in the force and the power and the strength of God because faith comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I was reading the uh, very miraculous story of evangelist R.W. Shambach. He, he was a prophet also, but I think in some ways he was more known for his evangelistic anointing because he did a lot of tent crusades and got a lot of people healed. But wow, that guy could really also hear from the Lord. But R.W. Schambach, he talked about the time that he had preached in New Jersey at one of these uh, uh, youth facilities. It was actually owned by a, a Jewish organization and he was renting it. But so many people were getting saved in the meetings and it kept happening after week after week. He thought, you know, it'd be a lot better if I just buy this building instead of renting it, turn it into a church. Now he's He's not really a pastor. He's, going to, he's, he's a man on the move, but he can at least establish a church, and that would be actually more apostolic. But, it, but he thought, you know, it makes a lot more sense to buy it. But he said he didn't have any money. So he walked around the building, and he prayed and asked God for it. He believed the verse that, uh, what is that, Joshua chapter 11, verse 24, wherever your feet walk, the soles of your feet walk, of course, you would be walking in faith that you're going to take that land. So he walked around the building. He actually asked some other pastors to do it. They said, no, we don't want to do that. We're just waiting in the car. They thought he was wasting his time. <laughs> that would come back to bite them later. Anyhow, so he walks around the building, claims it, claims it uh, for the Lord, claims it for the work that he's going to buy it. And the next day there's a for sale sign out there on it. So he pulls the sign up out of the ground and he walks to the realtor's office and comes in with it and says, who put this on my property? 
<laughs> and the realtor thought he's crazy. But he said, no, he said, I, I prayed and asked God for that property. He said, I believe it's mine. They said, and so the realtor said, well, it's for sale. You know, for, and he named the price, which was several hundred thousand dollars. And, uh, and Shambach said, well, I don't have that to pay for it. But he said, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to buy it. And uh, the man said, how much will you pay for it? And he stood there and then the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, offer $70,000. And the realtor said, they'll never take that. The directors will never take it. He said, they're, they're in a meeting right now. And Schembach said, he said, call them. So the realtor calls and says, and he turned his back around. He had a swivel chair, turns his back to Schembach. But Schembach said he could still hear the realtor talking to the directors. And the realtor said, I've got a crazy preacher in my office wants to buy your building for $70,000. And, uh, and the realtor said, uh, excuse me, could you say that again? And the director said, we were just discussing what to do with that building. We've had such a good year in real estate. Uh, they told the realtor, give it to the preacher for $70,000. Somebody else had already offered uh, uh, multiple hundreds of thousands for it. They said, give it to the preacher and we'll use the uh, loss as a tax write-off. So it was a smart board of directors. And the guy turned around and said, well, you're, you're not such a dumb preacher after all. You're actually pretty smart. <laughs> so uh, long story short, Schambach ended up buying that building. Now, he didn't have the down payment money. He needed God to do a, another miracle on that. But God came through for him on that as well. But my friends, you know, the Holy Spirit did not speak and say, buy it for this much, this much until he had stepped out and said, I'm going to buy that building. And he basically put his faith on the line. Now, later, when he shared the testimony, um, there were some other pastors that wanted to... Uh, have him come walk around some buildings with them so that they could uh, have him join in faith. He said, well, if I walk around the building, I'll go with you. But if I walk around the building, it's going to be my building. <laughs> so they were afraid. So they wouldn't ask him to come because they had seen what had happened. But all those other pastors who saw him do it, and then they went out and walked around buildings they wanted. They all, every single one of them, got the, they got their building also. Praise the Lord. But again, he said, I'm going to step out in faith and buy this building. And when he did, although it was impossible in the natural, God caused some things to happen. And then the Holy Spirit later spoke and told him, offer this much for it. Now, there is a place where sometimes God can speak first. But there are other times when you just must go. You just can't sit around waiting your whole life, maybe for a voice to come out of heaven or for an angel to appear in front of you and do something. There are some things that are so strong inside of you because of all the investment of prayer that you've made, you just need to get up and get going, praise the Lord. And as you go, you'll see God begin to open the doors. Let me say right now, uh, the money is never an issue on faith projects. The issue always revolves around faith and obedience to keep taking one step after another. And when you need the money, for whatever it might be, it will be there as you walk it out step by step, staying in faith the whole way. Praise God. Now, I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching today that they will continue to live by the theme of the Bible, which is that we are going from strength to strength. We're not being reduced. We're not going backwards. We're not closing shop down. We're not throwing in the towel. We're, we're moving forward and we're taking ground. I pray for your people, Father God, that they go from strength to strength. So right where they're at right now, they're not going to be there too much longer. They're going to a new level of faith. So Father, they're going to a new place of strength to accomplish 
to accomplish what it is that you have put on their plate of destiny. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Father God. Let them begin to move. Father, even as you told Moses, standing at the Red Sea and nowhere else he could go, but you expected him to understand your ways. And you told him, what are you doing standing here? Tell the people to go forward. So Father, I thank you that your people today are going forward. They are moving in faith and the waters are going to part. We give you praise. Thank you. Thank you for the miracle testimonies and the praise reports. There's a healing anointing flowing right now. If you need healing in your body, I want you to put your hand on the part of your body that needs a touch from God. Father, right now, let your healing flow into their bodies. Father God, healing anointing flowing into the bodies of your precious people. Healing anointing now in Jesus' name. I release the fragrances of the Lord. Supernatural fragrances, mentholatum, and other fragrances are going to begin to uh, manifest as a sign that God is healing your body. Now take it by faith. Take it by faith and you'll see God manifest proofs in your life. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you would like to, you want to get your life right with God and you don't want to wait another moment, my friend, this program today is for you. Praise God. Receive Him now by praying this prayer from your heart. Pray it out loud right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. And I give my heart to you now. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I take you as my Lord and Savior now. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Amen. I'm so happy for you. Hallelujah. Angels are rejoicing. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. And if I never meet you here on this earth, I'll meet you one day over on the other side in heaven. Praise the Lord. Now, let's take Holy Communion. Grab some unleavened bread and grab some grape juice. And let's pray over the elements. Praise God. Father, we bless the bread. We bless the juice. We consecrate it and set it apart as holy. This is now the body and the blood of Christ our Savior. Thank you, Father God, that I see that this year is going to be a year of your people moving into exploits, and you're going to bring the necessary exposure, things they need to see that will create, create inspiration in their life. And so for some, this will involve sudden trips. This will involve a deeper dive into their distinct areas of study. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for it. We receive the body of Christ. We thank you for what you're doing in this hour. Thank you, Father. We're going from strength to strength. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the body of Christ. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for complete pardon and forgiveness of all of our sins. And we thank you for the incredible promise that you said our sins and our iniquities, you remember no more. So, Father, all of the crazy things, 
hideous things, shameful things that maybe even our natural minds, of course, we would still have memory of. We thank you that you have so washed them away through the blood of Christ that you do not recall them. And they were all placed upon Jesus at Calvary and he bore them for us so that we can be free, not only free from the sin and washed from it, but we thank you, Father, even the memory holds no power. Even the memory of it, it's just burned out ashes. That's all it is, can't hurt us or anything like that. So we thank you for peace, the healing of every emotion within our hearts, within our soul. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. And Father, we receive his blood now in his name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My friends, keep moving. And if you've been stuck, get out of the rut. Hallelujah. Find what inspires you and stay on track. Hallelujah. Let the creative anointing that the Holy Spirit has placed within you. Let it be stirred up. Glory to God. And then use your sanctified imagination to see your future and to see what the Lord intends for you to step into. And then work, glory to God, and worship, praise the Lord. Glory to God. And watch what God's going to do. Praise the Lord. So today, I greet you for my road trip. With Pastor Kelly and I, we're out in Bartow, Pennsylvania, at the National Shrine of Padre Pio, the great man of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, last year, I was actually supposed to be in San Giovanni Rotondo, and the trip was canceled because of COVID. <laughs> and uh, we were hoping to go back to Italy this year, but I'm hearing that they're shutting back down again. So we'll just find out. We'll find out what's going on as we uh, uh, were scheduled for uh, quite a few meetings in Italy, and uh, even, even uh, I believe a meeting was being set up and uh, oh, just all kinds of churches uh, in Italy. So we hope to be able to get over there and even hopefully France also, as so we could do meetings in, in France as well. We just need for things to open back up, praise God. But till then, we keep praying and we keep doing all we can uh, through the media and so forth, praise the Lord. So my friends, thank you for joining me on today's Bible study. And I'll see you back again real soon. Stay blessed. Bye-bye.